Welcome to another episode of Band Director Bootcamp, the podcast with productivity and wellness tips for busy band directors. I'm your host, Leslie Moffat, and I'm really grateful to be sharing this platform with you. As busy band directors, we know you don't have lots of time to watch lengthy professional development webinars, so we share 20-minute tidbits with takeaways you can use to support you in this awesome profession in a healthy way. I have a guest today whose name has come up on many previous podcasts because my final question every week is, We'd like to think about passing the baton to other teachers. And my guest today is Teresa Hoover, co-author of the book, Pass the Baton, who I shamelessly stole that phrase from. And she also (laughs) hosts the podcast entitled Pass the Baton Podcast, Empowering All Music Students, because that's what she does. And that's what she's going to talk to us about today. She's currently pursuing her PhD and teaching at ASU. um, And she's been in the classroom. She knows her stuff. And you're going to go out of here or leave this conversation today with some ideas that you can start thinking about for next year and then concrete examples of what those look like, not just some little, well, if you think about it this way thing, she's got real ideas. So stay tuned. And I think she's got some cool stuff at the end for us too. I'll I'll tell you all about that. So Teresa, welcome. And thank you for being here today. Can you just introduce yourself with a little more background and a little bit about your teaching background, maybe the why about why you teach? Sure. Uh, Thank you so much for having me today. This is great. Um, So yeah, I'm Teresa Hoover. Uh, I spent the first 19 years of my career in the classroom, mostly teaching middle school band, elementary middle school band, but I've I've done it all at one point in time, high school, elementary, orchestra, you know, you name it. Um, And honestly, I think I decided I wanted to be a teacher when I was like five. (laughs) I was one of those kids that was like playing school with my little sister. And I kind of always wanted to be a teacher. And then when I got to high school, I realized, oh, music is what I wanted to teach. And I really just fell in love. Um, so yeah, I taught for 19 years, but then I took a little bit of a pivot and I'm now at Arizona State University working on my PhD in music learning and teaching. Um, with that, I also teach undergraduate music education classes, which is really fun. I had no idea how much fun I would have like working with college students. What's neat is I can treat them like middle school kids because we, we learn a lot about the pedagogy and then we put our teacher hats on and we, we talk about it. So, okay. So what did I just do with you? And, and why do you think I did this? And, and we have a lot of fun that way. Um, and then, yeah, in addition to that, I guess I, I teach some other graduate electives. I love working with teachers as well, helping them, you know, figure out what to do in their classroom with some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. Well, yes, we are. And we're going to dive right in because I'm going to do yours awesome. a little bit differently because you've got your book and it's it's full of tools. So basically, you're going to share a lot of the contents of your book with us because that's the it. good stuff. So um, tell us why you wrote this book. Did, was there a reason? Did you get to a point where you had to do something? I don't know. Was this, Is it dramatic or am I just trying to make a story out of nothing? <laughs> So um, I wrote the book along with Catherine Finch. She's an awesome um, general music teacher in the Chicago area. And basically, we were both just noticing that our students were just, they were just kind of doing music. They came into the music room and they did their music thing and then they left and it it, it wasn't really a thought anymore. Um, and we also noticed that a lot of other people in the education space, not necessarily music, were talking about this idea of giving students more ownership and empowering students and stuff like that. And as we were listening to them talk, we realized what they were saying is what was missing in our classrooms. They were talking about kids who were excited about learning and who were, were, were taking what they did in the classroom and taking it outside and working on it at home. And there was this, this wonderful connect in the learning. We're like, why is that not 
the case in music, you know, they would come to band and do band and have fun, but then they walk out and it was like, okay, on to the next thing. So we were trying to figure out how we could give the students more ownership. And that was really what, what we were trying to do. Um, so in working through that, in, in turning some of it over to the students and passing the baton in that way, we found that the kids did start to connect more with the music and they would come running into the music room, excited to show us the things that they were doing at home. And they would be excited to, to think about like how the music that they listened to on the radio may be connected to what we were doing in the classroom. It just became this really neat thing um, where the students were, they were just more independent. They were, they were doing music and I think they felt more musical. And what was neat was there was also some other like things that happened. I think that's kind of what we're talking about today is the more that I was having them do kind of the less I had to do, <laughs> which was really nice. Um, because as you know, that we're all, we all have so many things all the time. So by giving students ownership, it let me focus on the really important stuff, which was like the music and the kids and not always having to make these tiny little decisions everywhere. Yeah. Something you said before we started recording was about sometimes there's a kid that doesn't contribute very much, maybe musically yet on the clarinet or some whatever instrument it is. Mm -hmm. um, and yet when you give them a job, maybe they're in charge of, in fact, you're going to share some different jobs. I'm, I'll just yeah. give an example. You'll give some more, but when you give them the responsibility of tightening the music stands or what some of the others you'll give, they are contributing to the success right. of the group and they start to feel valued and then they realize they have a purpose there and they get to contribute because I think we all like to feel needed mm -hmm. right Absolutely. and that that we're contributing and so what you've done is 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 really so much more than just you know even alleviating your stress or, or anything like that it's just really giving everyone an incredible sense of ownership and, right. and when you have kids year after year after year and you're doing that consistently, they're not getting that in any of their other classes for, for the multiple years. They'll probably have teachers that right. do great things like that, but you're really, really creating a, a tighter community and it's just so yeah. cool. Um, when we were talking, I, I had asked you what was one of your goals for the people or for the folks that are listening today to take away. And you start talking, you want to share what that was? Because um, yeah. then when you start to share the examples, you'll know, they'll know that this is pretty intentional. So let's not keep it secret. Yeah. Absolutely. So when we're thinking about giving the students ownership, you know, it's, I'm going to try to remember exactly what we said. We had such a good conversation before, but it's a matter of thinking of like, what are the little things that you can have the students do so that they're going to feel like they're an important part of the group that takes it off of your plate so that you as the music teacher can focus on again, the music and, and focus on the kids. Um, and then again, it wasn't, it wasn't like that was my original goal. My goal wasn't, Oh, I want to, <laughs> I want to pawn this work off on the kids. That wasn't it really. It was wanting to make them feel like they were part of something and make them feel like, you know, I would often say, I'm like, this isn't my band room. This is our band room. This is our space. It's not mine. It's all of ours. And how could I really make the students feel like that? And that was, well, we all have responsibilities. We have to come to class. We have to play our instruments and we might have some other responsibilities too. Um, so we were saying before, like some of those things, a lot of the students would have jobs in the music room. Um, and it, it, it kind of ranged from what level I was teaching. Um, one of the things I was telling you, Leslie, is we, we had um, in the middle school, the sharp squad and the sharp squad was responsible for, we had pencils on every music stand. They were velcroed on, but those couple students were responsible for keeping those pencils sharp. I didn't have time to do it. 
I, I don't have time to sharpen 45 pencils. And quite frankly, I also didn't want students just walking back and forth in the band room in the middle of rehearsal to sharpen a pencil. So the couple kids who were part of that, that was their job. They would come in, get set up and make sure they go around and make sure they were all sharpened before we started. So just that little thing, I didn't have to worry about it. Um, some of the other jobs we had librarians and for music or, or sorry, for middle school, I took the word librarian really just to mean like they passed out the parts. So I would make the photocop. I mean, I wouldn't make the photocopies. I would, <laughs> I would get the music together and then these students would, would distribute it to, to their peers and they knew who got what and all of that. Um, they were also responsible for collecting music. Anytime we had to collect music, um, I had students who, let's see, we did have on occasion, and actually not occasion often, we'd have warm-up leaders, somebody who would lead warm-ups. And that would be once we had, once we were kind of into a flow, students mm -hmm. knew what our, our opening routine was. There were some specific warm-ups that we knew really well. I would ask a student to come up and say, hey, do you want to lead a warm-up today? And that student would be in the front leading the warm-up. And what that meant for me was I could be doing a number of different things. Sometimes I was fixing the broken clarinet in the third row. Sometimes I would just grab an instrument and sit and play with the kids. So I would sit in the back with a trombone and play and just let somebody else lead. And it was so fun that, you know, I could just kind of let, let the student take that, you know, take that role. And then I could either be a part of the band or, or, you know, be working on something that needed to get done. Cause we know there's always so many things I know. for that, for that student who's up in front, it was great. They loved it. They loved being up and being able to say, oh, we're going to do the scale in thirds or we're going to do our arpeggios, you know, things like that. Um, we think of a couple other ones. At the elementary level, when I was doing elementary band, we would all, I had a kid who would do tech support. The kids were one-to-one -one iPads and we used them periodically throughout the class. Like maybe they would um, do like an exit ticket or they would just do little things with the iPads. It wasn't out all the time. But the kid who was tech support, if something was wrong with your iPad, you went to that kid first, not to me. <laughs> and while, yes, I could, I'm sure I could fix whatever was wrong with the iPad, I don't need to because most of the time it's pretty easy. And then another student could do it. I didn't have to worry about it. So... What do you, what do you think? That's, Anything that's like, a lot sounding of, interesting? You know, you know what's, the, those are so many different kinds of ideas. And I think some others <laughs> that we were talking about too, just out of, you know, practical ideas like su supplies and valve oil, making yes. sure that those things Absolutely. are there. And I, now for teaching beginners for the first time in my career, you can't just have the kids oil their own valves when they've never even done this. Right. So all of a sudden you could, but you could teach one or two of your students after school one day, how to do that. So they become right. the experts. So 44 other kids don't have to wait while you oil the valves for the other kid. Exactly. And so, you know, I, this was my first year with beginners and I had two classes, one with 18 and one with 21. It felt like a million, but because it's been a long time since I had my pet best yeah. or pedagogy classes, but next year I've got 45 class, two, two classes of 45 each in beginners. Wow. And so I'm, I'm just soaking up the stuff you're talking about. And I'm, there will be an, it, not just a luxury to, Oh, wouldn't this be nice to do this? It's going to be a necessity for me. I'm reading your Absolutely. book, rereading. I read parts of it before. I'm going to really dig into it because um, it's going to, it's going to save my sanity because I can mm -hmm. anticipate if I don't have all these systems in place and middle school is so different. So your concrete examples are very helpful to me because I didn't yeah. need to think Think about the oiling of the other kids' valves or some of those things in the yeah. in the high school, but they are real things that suck so yeah. much time and energy. So 
what a perfect time of year for you to be here um, as we're uh, wrapping up the school year. Now, when this airs, it might be a little later and it might be in summer, but, but thinking about, you know, if you're thinking about school at all, you band directors, what were the little things that became big things? Cause they sucked a lot of time. The things that Teresa was talking mm-hmm. about, did you get annoyed with kids getting up to sharpen pencils? Well then have a sharpening crew, right? Or mm-hmm. some of those things. But before you can decide what things that we talked about, oh, I'll do the things that Teresa did. No, first thing you do is look at what do you need? Right. What do you need right. in your space? It's like, we don't go, we don't all eat the same, you know, diets of food because our bodies yeah. are different. So you need to take before you implement anything that Teresa is suggesting is look at the kinds of things she talks about and listen to what she's talked about. And then look at your own space, your own situation, and think about if I changed one thing next year, just one, one job I could give a kid, what would that look like? Yep. What would that, you know, yeah. And then uh, to a second one, or go ahead. You were going to well, say I was going to say, and, and if you're in a space where you've, you've had your students, you know them, you, you've built those relationships, look at your students' strengths. The one year I had this student who was such a phenomenal artist. So guess who stopped making concert posters? Me. Hey. <laughs> because this student, she was so much better than I was. Yeah. So think about like, who you have and what their strengths are. And like you were saying before, sometimes you might have a kid who's not the best player, but they've got some other skills or other interests that can really help the group. Um, And if you really are going into it, ask the kids, ask them like, Hey, (laughs) what do you think? What are some things that maybe you all could take off my plate? Have a conversation. You maybe can't do that with your beginners, but the older students, they know, they see Mm -hmm. things. They observe and witness. They sure do. Mm -hmm. Well, like I do on every episode of Band Director Bootcamp, I say, well, my friend Teresa Hoover wrote this book. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Teresa Hoover is right here with us in this moment. So you've thought about this probably before, but I, I like to address our newer band directors specifically. And you and I have been around the block a few times. So, you know, we, as we're, you know, nearing a different part of our career, we want to obviously see music education continue with strong music educators. So what, how would you like to pass the baton to the music educators, the band directors listening right now? Yeah. I think just remember that it doesn't have to be perfect the first time and it likely isn't going to be. Um, Anytime I would be trying something new, I would usually have a conversation with the kids be like, Hey, guess what? We're going to try this thing today. It might crash and burn. It might work. We'll try it a couple of times. Then we'll have a conversation. We'll see how it went. And then we can, you know, adapt and move forward. But I think just being really honest with yourself and honest with them, that not everything's going to be perfect and it's okay. It doesn't have to be. You know, you, you could try assigning some job and it just doesn't work. And you say, all right, how can we change this? How can we adapt? Um, so just try some little things here and there and, and see what happens. It's kind of like improvising, right? If you don't like oh, totally. it, go a half step the other direction, right? Just try something a little exactly. different. Exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. The only, the only thing wrong would be to, you know, just throw it all out or to keep doing something that doesn't work adapt as you need to. It's okay. Yeah. And we often do that, don't we? We, well, I saw it work just like this for that person, like a master teacher did this and I'm doing exactly what they did, but you're a different personality, the different batch of kids. That's really important advice for, for all of us. Cause you know, don't we all go to a festival and we see the best of everybody else's groups and you're like, Oh, how come mine aren't like that all the time? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Cause you assume that theirs are, cause that's the only snapshot you see. So, so that really is, is a very helpful bit of advice. And I know if you've written a whole book about it, you got more than just one thing to say. So if you have one or two more tips here before we wrap things up. Um, Let's see, as far as 
you know, thinking about like passing the baton and the student empowerment stuff, just be, remember that, you know, the kids, the kids can be musical if you let them. So ask their opinions, like give them choices, like do all of those things where they get to really like think like musicians, because that's what is going to help them grow as musicians, right? If we don't ever let them make a musical decision, how are they going to know how to do that when we're not there? Um, and then I think from like the other side of it with, you know, everything that you've been talking about on this podcast is also, it's okay to step away for a little bit and do something for you. That's not band directing. Right? Yes. Did you all hear that? You can hit rewind and listen to that <laughs> sentence again, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. that's a key mm-hmm. takeaway too. Yeah. yeah. And I know I've heard other people on your podcast say it, but I wanted to say it again because like I, I schedule in like this is when I'm going to yoga and this is when I'm going running and this is when I'm doing things that aren't being a music teacher because doing those things makes me a better music teacher. Yeah. Welcome band director bootcamp listeners. If you're feeling a bit burnt out and are ready for support and accountability partners in your wellness and productivity, we have an amazing opportunity for you. Join our 90-day virtual boot camp, a community initiative designed for busy band directors like you who love their job but seek a more sustainable approach. We'll meet weekly, discuss your wellness goals, and develop strategies to help you achieve them. We'll tackle productivity hacks and fine-tune systems for the upcoming school year. With 35 years of experience, I've got some tricks and tips up my sleeve that I can't wait to share. So as we move into a new season of our lives, if you want to feel empowered and supported by like-minded individuals, this is your chance. Reach out to me at banddirectorbootcamp.com or click on the link in our show notes to schedule a 15-minute call. Let's ensure this is the right fit for you, get you signed up, and embark on this wellness journey together. Because together, we rise. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom. Um, we're going to put those links in our notes. And you said there's some templates. Tell us just a little quick. Yeah. So, folks know. so when I was teaching in the elementary school for the for the jobs, I, we actually made little t- um, badges like on a lanyard that would say what the job was. It would say tech support or, you know, a supply manager or whatever that student was. So I actually have a template that if you wanted to print them out, you can tweak them, you can adapt them, but it's just a template for those little badges. You put them on the lanyards, you know, like all those free lanyards you get at conferences, Mm -hmm. use those. And then it's just a cute little way to like recognize who has each job. I think it's great. I love it. So much good stuff here that you brought. And thank you so much. I encourage all of you out there to pick up a copy of Pass the Baton. uh, And then you will be able to work some magic, more magic in your classrooms next year. Thank you, Teresa. And thank you to all of our uh, all of you out there for being part of the band director bootcamp family. You're making a difference in kids' lives every day through the magic of music music education. The work you do matters and so do you. Join us next time on Band Director Bootcamp for another episode of productivity and wellness tips to make your life a little easier.